Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Hartz. Joining me, as he always does, on this lovely Friday afternoon, Nick Bodiford, PFF's finest. What's going on, Nick? Hey, I'm doing good. How you doing? Freaking great, man. As I said before the show, starting a little bit later today because I chose to go to Buffalo Wild Wings in the middle of the afternoon. <laughs> had some lovely medium wings, a couple of the house drafts. I am feeling good, and it's a great day to be great, as always. A lot to talk about, though, man. And it's one of these situations where week one went through this, had some very actionable stuff I think we came away with, but also, you know, didn't have a full week of NFL football to exactly bang all these guys up. So now we've had that and unfortunately have a lot more to talk about. So with that, Nick, let's get after it. Going to go through quarterback running back wide receiver tight end breaking down every single fantasy relevant injury to go get you guys ready for sunday and also the double header on monday night how about them apples so starting off quarterback just none that are really up in the air but you know still very relevant injuries cowboys quarterback dak prescott with the right thumb he's out four weeks if you ask owner jerry jones he's out eight weeks if you ask a medical professional i tend to lean more towards the latter we'll see what happens obviously nfl better with dak in it in the meantime i've been saying that cd lamb look it sucks we can't put him up in the upside wide receiver one conversation anymore doesn't mean we got to bench him though still put him kind of around those guys like a terry mclaurin like a brandon cooks Fellow wide receiver ones getting a lot of targets, unfortunately, not with the, you know, very good quarterbacks. Also, have Saints quarterback Jameis Winston officially listed as questionable, but he's been limited all week with his back injury. It was what he suffered, you know, in the middle of week one, and then he went ahead and played through it. So I've heard no indication that Jameis is actually at risk for missing this one. Continue to treat him as a boomer bust QB2 type. Mac Jones also dealing with the back and then also missed Thursday practice with an illness. Back on the field Friday and did not have a final injury designation. And finally, Jets quarterback Zach Wilson. Supposed to be out until week four. Joe Flacco remains under center in the meantime, but the people are pushing for more Mike White. I don't really know why. It was the most check down induced game ever last year, but there are some Mike White faithful out there. So I guess go for it. Nick, I think just, again, the obvious big one here is Dak Prescott. Where are you kind of ranking Zeke and Tony Pollard? Because not only did we see, obviously, the upside, the scoring upside for the Cowboys offense, you know, take a hit losing Dak, but also low-key last week. I mean, neither Zeke nor Tony Pollard even reached 60% snap. It's really tough to get behind these guys when they're not attached to the high scoring offense that we have seen be a regular occurrence in Dallas over the last three, four years. Yeah, I mean, it it very briefly kind of looked like Pollard was was at least like recording early game snap totals. And then they're, they're they need to put him in the slot and they're not going to do it. So 
Um, yeah, as, as you said, everyone's scoring potential drops. I've got Zeke as like mid-range to low RB2 this week, and I'm checking on Pollard. I, Yeah, I have him as a high-end RB4. I, I think it's going to be pretty brutal. Um, where do you where do you have CD? CD, I still have – I have him wide receiver 15. I think you can rank him like wide receiver 20 or something like that. So I'm still giving him a little bit benefit of the doubt. Man, he got wide open deep, and Cooper Rush just sailed it. And I understand we could be saying that after every single uh, game that we have Cooper Rush under center, but we still have an awfully talented player in CD Lamb. Similar to a DK Metcalf, like I'm not giving up on someone that good just because the quarterback situation isn't fantastic. It's not fantastic for a lot of these guys in that same range. Same thing with Deontay Johnson. That's kind of how I'm looking at CD. But yeah, most start sick questions with Zeke and Tony Pollard at this point. Going to probably be answering with the other guy. Sad days in Dallas. And Mike McCarthy, chill out on Kellen Moore, man. Like, okay, we all saw the San Francisco slide. That was a terrible decision. We can all agree on that. The Cowboys have scored the fourth most points in the NFL since Kellen Moore took over as offensive coordinator in 2019. I'd argue, Nick, the bigger problem is entering week one with Noah Brown and something named Dennis Houston as your starting wide receivers opposite of cd lamb I mean, you said it before we can't even get tony pollard slot snaps when i was talking to Dwayne before the season i said look we know tony pollard isn't going to take over from ezekiel elliott but will the cowboys be stubborn enough to play some random rookie wide receiver or backup tight end ahead of these running backs yes they actually are that stubborn so <laughs> that part incredibly unfortunate Appreciate all YouTube subscribers joining us live. Shout out Drake Holiday. CD needs Washington Gallup to return, even with Rush. Some distractions would help. I hear you. This is like the most extreme version of that. Usually we'll just take all the extra volume. But again, when we're talking about legitimately Dennis freaking Houston and Noah Brown across from him, I don't think you're wrong, Drake. From Samuel, would you drop Rondale Moore for Eno Benjamin or Kyle Phillips? And should I accept Darren Waller for Kyle Pitts? No, I would stick with Kyle Pitts. Chill out just one week. And then Rondale, not a mustache. I don't think you need to make this move right now, though. Eno does have some nice little, uh, I think, hidden handcuff upside. Nick, I'm on record saying Eno could be the streamer of next week once people kind of realize just how cemented he is as the RB2 in Arizona. We'll see. Let's talk a little more running back, though, because Steelers running back Najee Harris elevated to a full practice on Thursday and Friday, not listening on the final injury report, officially good to go with that foot injury. So should still be in fantasy lineups of all shapes and sizes. There's too much volume there, but I understand if you want to rank him just a bit lower than normal weeks. I have him RB13, still ahead of guys like Aaron Jones, Javante Williams, and Chase Edmonds. More interesting one, Nick, J.K. Dobbins, practicing full all week, but officially listed as questionable with that knee injury. Why is he still questionable if he was practicing in fall all week? This makes me think that he's going to be eased back into action. I think even if he didn't have an injury designation, we would have to worry about it. Assuming J.K. Dobbins plays, man, I still have him as my RB40. I don't want him in lineups this week. How do you feel about Dobbins and potentially his first game back from that nasty ACL injury? Yeah, I, I think that that's – I think 40 is is totally reasonable. Um, I, I I think it's just going to be a Lamar. I, like, I, I don't – Kenyon Drake was, was terrible. Mike Davis was terrible. Um, they might want to try to, I, I John Harbaugh is smart. I don't think that he's going to force Dobbins into the lineup. I think that they will ease him in. Shout out Mojo. Tyler Algier, Jordan Mason as a stash leading Algier. So he can become a thing rest of the season. Maybe Jordan Mason too. I will say though, guys, that Kyle Shanahan hot hand quote, he was talking about Jordan Mason and Tyrion Davis price. He was not talking about Jeff Wilson. That quote was made with Jeff Wilson, 
as the definitive starting running back. I, I hate how people tend to run with these quotes sometimes, but that's just 2022 for you. And from Deesh, more Bateman if RB problems continue. Yeah, but that's kind of the catch-22 of this matchup this week. They don't have the running backs to really run to Miami out of all these blitzes they like to send. The most blitz-happy team in the NFL since week one of last season is the Miami Dolphins. And Lamar has been really bad under the blitz. This is not – I've had, every time I say anything about Lamar with this, I get Ravens flock just coming at me. I love Lamar. You guys love Lamar. If you want to blame it on Greg Roman, if you want to blame it on the fact that Lamar has been thrown to, let's face it, not the best wide receiver core over the last three years, that's fine. Regardless, the passing game as a whole, how about that? The Ravens passing game against the Blitz has not been good. I am worried about the Dolphins kind of bringing out the worst of that efficiency. Nick, any thoughts so, on the Ravens passing game? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I, I think that that uh, what might impact them more is 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 not their own backfield, but the the Dolphins passing game. The Ravens are, I think they're going to be down two start. They're going to be down Marlon Humphrey with a groin injury. Brandon Stevens has a quad, and Marcus Peters he's practicing, but he has a knee injury. So I think that the the Dolphins passing game probably pops off early, and then we just see Lamar chucking it. You know, I think that they'll continue their uh, their overly uh, high neutral passing rate and I guess losing passing rate. Makes sense, man. They keep talking about wanting to party like it's 2019 again, but they just literally don't have the bodies to do so right. at this moment. So Bateman, Bateman versus Elijah Moore. I just love Elijah Moore this week, but Rashad Bateman's still a quality play. And just a small other thing with the Ravens while we're on it, James Proch is actually doubtful now with an injury he suffered. So really should be mostly Rashad Bateman and Devin Duvernay getting the majority of those reps once again. Saints running back Alvin Kamara didn't practice on Thursday or Friday, officially questionable with that rib injury. Mark Ingram is also questionable with an ankle injury. This just smells like a disgusting committee or a similar thing with the Ravens where without healthy running backs, what do you do? You throw the ball more often. So obviously Saints did sign Latavius Murray earlier this week. Again, just expecting a more pronounced committee. I'm going to be moving Alvin Kamara down my ranks if he's able to suit up. With that said, it's still going to be tough to keep him too far outside of, you know, the top 15, top 20 backs. Like, Nick, if we find out that he is going to play, let's say Alvin Kamara plays and we don't get specific, like, instructions about him being on a snap count or anything, like, where would you rank? Like, would you still start Kamara over guys like Daryl Henderson or Cordero Patterson? Yeah, they're, he's integral to their team. So if they if they feel comfortable firing him up, then I think that they're going to give him a, a decent-sized workload. If he's out... And I know this is gross, but I am. If I don't have a tight end, then I'm considering Taysom Hill as as my tight end because I think he's getting goal line carries. And I like Jawan Johnson's uh, route participation. I know he was out there, but yeah, keep an eye on Taysom. No, if there was going to be a week where they just lean into those Taysom direct snaps more than ever, it'd be when they don't have any running backs. So yeah, I think Taysom could actually have a nice little week to your point while not even really taking away from Juwan Johnson. Taysom Hill, we call it tight end, and I know he does line up there sometimes, but he's effectively like a, a really used wildcat player. So that's just kind of the world we're living in here with Taysom Hill. On the other sideline, Buccaneers running back Leonard Fournette, officially questionable. I think he's going to play, though. He was limited all week long, and just with the entire Buccaneers his room man a lot of veterans in there i do tend to think that a lot of these guys evans julio you know russell gage even Brashad perryman they were all limited on friday at a minimum so i'm kind of thinking it was more maintenance than anything hopefully we get some more you know news before sunday but rashad white next man up and he should be rostered in you know fantasy leagues of all shapes and sizes because something does happen to fournette yeah we had to worry about geo and Keyshawn vaughn just a little bit in the preseason maybe you guys didn't worry about him but after week one rashad white getting that legit rb2 usage 
usage. Again, two of the lower, I think, just low-key kind of usage things we saw from week one at running back were Shab White and Eno Benjamin getting those really fantasy-friendly RB2 jobs. Not completely secure, but, I mean, based on that data point, certainly more secure than what we thought now in the preseason. Yeah, Tony Jones Jr. worth a look if Kamara is out. Nah, man, is he even on the Saints anymore? They might have cut him at that point. They got Latavius and Mark Ingram. It's just, it's too much, it's too much uncertainty. And I think uh, to Nick's point, the answer could honestly, sadly, just be Taysom Hill. Lions running back DeAndre Swift officially questionable with the ankle injury. He said he's going to play though, and he's been adamant about this all week. So I'm expecting Swift to be out there, and if active, he is going to be an upside RB one. This is an injury he suffered in the first half of Week One, and he came back out and played. Jamal Williams more of a touchdown dependent flex. If uh, Williams, if I'm sorry, if Swift is active, if inactive, Williams suddenly in that upside RB two discussion. Nick, are you worried at all about DeAndre Swift suiting up Sunday? No. Good. You, you, I made yeah. a few words. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Seattle Seahawks situation getting messy now because Seahawks running back Kenneth Walker is good to go Sunday with that hernia injury. I thought Pete was, you know, sandbagging us once again, man, because Pete Carroll set out on like Tuesday. He was going to play. He started off with a full practice and then he went <laughs> down to limited, but Kenneth Walker is good to go finally. So expecting Rashad Penny to still be the starter, but I think they're going to be splitting early down work. God forbid they fall behind, which San Francisco nine point favorites. Vegas sure seems to think so. Travis Homer will get the pass down work and DJ Dallas is going to get just a little bit as well because he is their primary kick returner. So already got some, you know, Rashad Penny starts sick questions last night in the pro football focus, fantasy uh, Twitter community. I've been answering a lot of those in and yeah, just taking the other guy versus Rashad Penny. If it is at all close. Titans running back Dontrell Hilliard started the week with back-to-back DMPs. I believe it's a Monday night game, so we don't know for sure, but it's not looking good for Hilliard. You're starting Derrick Henry regardless, but this could be really good for Derrick Henry's just pass down usage, Nick, because Hassan Haskins is the next running back. He's definitely not going to be taking the pass down stuff over Derrick Henry. So once again, I get it. You know, it's just Derrick Henry, like you're starting him regardless. But Nick, I mean, I, I know you've dabbled in the player prop world a few times. I'll be curious if Derrick Henry's, you know, if we get that kind of typical one and a half receptions over player prop, even without Doncha Hurd out there, that could be enticing for me in a game that the Titans are certainly expected to trail for a majority of. I agreed. Uh, Hilliard was a monster last week. He was at like a, an ad for sure off the waiver wire for me. I And I, this is only for very, very deep leagues, but the guy who caught passes very well in the preseason was one Julius Chestnut. So Ooh. if you have more bench spots and you know what to do with, that's the guy to add. See, like this would be like Dearness Johnson taking Nick Chubb off the field, though. Like, okay, it could happen. <laughs> it could happen. And I'm not trying to hate on Chestnut. I'm not trying to hate on Dearness Johnson. But when it's Nick Chubb or Derrick Henry, like if, if it's not all close, just give that freaking huge 260-pound monster the ball in space. That's all I'm saying. Interesting. deep leagues only. Yes, Absolutely. Interesting situation here. The Patriots, we all gave up on this after week one. We saw that typical, ugly three running back Patriots committee, but things have been changing. Tim Montgomery now on IR with that ankle injury out for the foreseeable future. And Pierre Strong is actually questionable after practicing a limited fashion all week with a shoulder injury. For once, Nick, I think we might get this New England Patriots backfield down to just two parties. Now, the offense doesn't look good. They have 
Bad reports out of training camp. They couldn't move the ball against the Dolphins in week one. They are facing a Steelers defense, losing their best player in TJ Watt. So Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson. That's the one part. Ever, it's both of them, okay? Both of them benefit from this. It's not just Ramondre Stevenson, but I really think this could be Damian Harris' first drive, Ramondre's second drive, back to Damian, back to Ramondre. Or maybe Ramondre takes a lot of the pass down work, but regardless, man, just having this down to two players, I think both Harris and Stevenson are firmly in that upside RB3 conversation. And I'm not afraid to start either of them. I mean, to me, Nick, this is one of the more low-key injuries of the week that really helps these guys. I just think people are still hurting so bad after week one that they're you know not taking the victory lap just yet. Yeah, I think that that's an appropriate place to have them, high-end RB3. I had considered writing up Harris um, as a, a DFS play, just looking at the at PFF's O-line, D-line matchup chart. Uh, they have New England with a 33% matchup advantage rating, which is pretty good. It's probably top eight, top, maybe top five. Um, but, you know, the the um, the Steelers front seven did still manage at least to get pressure. I think they had six sacks outside of TJ Watt last week. We're talking about different positions here, you know, running backs, but it's still a decent front. And the, the Pats O-line is a little bit shaky, but high-end RB3 is very reasonable. That's the thing. I mean, if we had this usage last year, we could be saying high-end RB2 perhaps. But mm-hmm. Patriots, number six-ranked scoring offense last year. The Cowboys, number one-ranked scoring offense last year. So we've kind of had that as an assumption when talking about these running backs. But if you take that, you know, top 10 offense and make it a bottom 10, obviously not quite as attractive of plays, but still firmly in that conversation. Uh, Raiders running back Brandon Bolden, doubtful after not practicing all week uh, with a hamstring injury. So maybe Josh Jacobs gets a little more pass down work. I kind of doubt it. I think Amir Abdullah is simply going to take Bolden snaps. Josh Jacobs, though, still, you know, this touchdown dependent RB2. And with the Chiefs Chargers game being gone, uh, now Cardinals Raiders is the highest implied game left on the slate. So Josh Jacobs, I really actually do like in those DFS streets this week. Maybe he does actually get a few more pass game opportunities. Commanders running back Brian Robinson remains on IR, continuing to trust Antonio Gibson the floor with 15 to 20 combined carries and targets on a weekly basis. And finally, Falcons running back Damian Williams has been ruled out with that rib injury. Full expecting Cordero Patterson to once again see all the work he can handle. Should see r- rookie Tyler Algier making his NFL debut, though. Nick, any final thoughts on those three or four injuries? Uh, I, I I wrote up Antonio Gibson just in terms of you know players mentioned in that section. I wrote him up as a, a DFS play, so you know go read that if you guys are interested. Dude, it was like watching Gibson last week. Every time he catches a pass, the broadcast needs to tell us how he played wide receiver in college like 10 times. <laughs> but it really it really was impressive, man. Like he was downfield 15 yards looking smooth while he's doing it. I mean, we the problem is when players play hurt like Gibson did last year through that shin injury, we kind of talk about it the first week. But once they just keep doing it, I don't think we give them that credit. So Gibson, Cordero Patterson, you know, even Zeke, man, all these guys that were playing hurt, you know, for large portions of last year, all of a sudden they look a lot better in week one funny how that works credit to them for being warriors and you know maybe us fantasy footballers can be a little bit nicer when guys are trying to play through the pain wide receiver Bengals wide receiver t higgins you know had the concussion but started off the week with a limited practice then he missed thursday with a personal reason came back friday though in full expecting him to play despite being listed as questionable so immediately locked immediately locked in as an upside wide receiver too against his cowboys secondary it didn't have many answers for evans or julio in week one jamar chase too like the only thing having higgins there is it makes tyler boyd and hayden hurst less viable streamers speaking of those cowboys michael gallup out for at least another week but there is optimism he'll be back as early as week three that means dennis houston and noah brown once again flanking cd lamb awesome awesome job cowboys just really really paying attention to your wide receiver room the whole offseason in tampa mike evans 
calf, Julio Jones, knee, Russell Gage, hamstring, and Brashad Perryman with a knee, all questionable. Chris Goblin ruled out with a hamstring injury. So if active Evans, even in the tough matchup against Marshawn Lattimore, just tough to get away from him as a borderline, if not just sure thing, wide receiver one, you know, given Chris Goblin's sideline, Julio Jones, borderline wide receiver two. I think Gage is a quality wide receiver three. Scotty Miller, Jalen Darden picking up some slack should they miss any time. But Nick, I feel like all these guys are going to play again. They all got back to a limited practice on Friday. None of these we've gotten like exactly news. That's going to be too big of a problem. You know, the, the old adage that Dwayne and I would do, because we don't want to be too, uh, you know, rude on this podcast. I'm not going to say gun to your head, but a kind girl scout walks up to your door and she just asks you, Hey man, would you like to buy these cookies? And also are Mike Evans, Julio Jones, Russell Gage and Brashad Perryman going to shoot up? What would you say? Yeah, I, th- I think that they, they all three of them will play. I'm a little worried that I'm too low on Julio. I think he can kind of smash this week, but he carries the risks that we all know about. Fun stat from Ian Rapport was that Julio Jones, two of his top three fastest game speeds were since 2020 were reached in week one last week. So truly did uh, look back. And this is once again a spot that I think he could win in a big way, particularly if Marshawn Lattimore is going to attract Mike Evans all across the field as expected. Colts wide receiver Michael Pittman officially questionable with a quad, but Frank Reich did tell reporters that he's optimistic Pitt will be fine as an injury he suffered in practice on Wednesday. So tentatively expecting Pittman to be good to go if he is, fire him up in lineups of all shapes and sizes. Alec Pierce, though, is out with a concussion. That really cements Ashton Doolin in three wide receiver sets. Paris Gamble is already in there. This is a sneaky DFS one that I wouldn't be mind, I wouldn't mind attacking, Nick, even if it's Matt Ryan, Pittman, and then one of Campbell or Doolin, because as embarrassing as it was for the Colts to tie the Texans and Matt Ryan, you know, you get Peyton Manning comps in the offseason. You should probably try to find a way to beat the Texans in week one. But Matt Ryan did play a lot better in that box score indicated. Pierce dropped the touchdown. Doolin dropped the touchdown. What do you think of the bounce back potential for this Colts, Colts passing game, Nick? Because even though Taylor had all those carries, we did see, what, 53 pass attempts from Matt Ryan. Negative game script. I get it. But I do think some of those, some of that talk throughout the offseason about them being more willing to throw the ball at Matt Ryan, I think we saw at least a little bit of that in week one. Yeah, we did. And and Michael Pittman rose to the occasion. I'm extremely optimistic on him. And I think as long as he's he's active, then then he's going to be good to go. Uh, Paris Campbell, I believe I ended up settling on him as one of the avoids this week. Again, that's something that everybody can go read if, if they're so inclined. Um, I, you know, it's it's a shame uh, if Pittman were to be limited. It's a bummer that, that Pierce is not out there because I think this would be a really good opportunity for him. But um, I think that they can get back on track. But Pittman's going to be the guy here for me. No, Mo is Mo Alec Cox worth it from Mojo? No, he's not, man. Kylan Granson played more routes and snaps than Mo Alec Cox last week. Why? I don't know. I'm still pissed about it, so let's just not talk about it anymore. Another good question. Any rain concerns for Green Bay and San Francisco? Absolutely, and that is in San Francisco. Brandon Ayuk was someone that I was really thinking could break out this week against an unproven Seahawks secondary, but they're saying it's going to be like a quarter inch of rain just all damn day in San Francisco. What did Trey Lance – did Trey Lance screw like Mother Nature or something? Like I'm just not exactly sure why this dude can't get a good game out there. So I do like Trey Lance over – Eight and a half rush attempts. That's one of my uh, props I was writing up actually earlier today because of the conditions and just his usage in general. But I'd say, you know, Trey Lance, Debo, Jeff Wilson, these guys can be in most lineups. But otherwise, I really would probably try to uh, avoid attacking that game uh, with too much uh, recklessness. And then in Green Bay, similar sentiment. Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, absolutely. Montgomery's fine in most matchups. But if it's close with guys like Mooney, with Lazard and whoever, you know, I wouldn't be afraid to take the other guy, especially 
especially with that being that Sunday night game. So if it's someone like Lazard, who is actually questionable with the ankle injury, you know, definitely have another plan. He did practice in a limited fashion all week. So if active, low end, kind of borderline wide receiver three, let's make sure he's back in his usual job and that he's not just going to be another guy in this Green Bay Packers wide receiver rotation. Another unfortunate wide receiver rotation the giants we have Kadarius tony actually confirmed injured this time with a hamstring injury wandale robinson already rolled out with the knee so it looks like we're gonna have sterling shepherd kenny galladay and richie james in three wide receiver sets regardless of if tony winds up playing they do want anything to do with these guys like i've i've seen the richie james hype you know in fantasy twitter but i just think that's a more of a statement on our industry overthinking things sometimes the saquon barkley and no one else in new york right yeah, I would I would continue to hold Tony. I'm skeptical that the hamstring is actually a thing. I, I think they might just be like that on the injury. Well, I think we talked about this last week. Edwin Poros, he 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 and I had, had a conversation a while back where he 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 wouldn't say who, but someone from an NFL team told him once, uh, it's pretty common if there's something going on, the team will just put some da- someone down with a hamstring and kind of move on from there. Um it things are strange there conspiracy nick man i like it that's 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 some good stuff <laughs> always appreciate uh when dr evan pours makes some contributions to the pod as well titans wide receiver kyle phillips didn't manage to start the week at the practice he did get in a limited version on friday though guys just chill out a little bit it was a good week one and i'm not hating on him as a prospect but it's still a low volume titans passing game going up against a buffalo bills defense on the road that made matthew stafford and company other than cooper cup look awfully human in week one so still very much splitting time with robert woods nick westbrook akini and Traylon burks if you're not playing a receiver from the titans passing game probably not a bad thing to me he's a thin wide receiver five play if active with the Cardinals, Rondale Moore, hamstring, out. Andy Isabella, back, out. DeAndre Hopkins, still suspended. Antoine Wesley, still on IR. Marquise Brown, Greg Dorchin, AJ Green, now expected in. Three wide receiver sets. Nick, I'm not getting scared off of Marquise Brown because of one week. That he still scored a touchdown. I know the six targets weren't great. He's still my wide receiver 13 in this week. Your thoughts? Uh, yeah. We're in lockstep on on Marquise Brown there. I I know Greg Dorch had a nice week last week, but I actually I wrote him up as an avoid because he's got to go up against Nate Hobbs, and uh, Hobbs is turns out a, a very good cover corner. Uh, earned a seventy point seventy eight point zero PFF coverage grade um, last last season uh, as a rookie. So yeah, I, Dorch is an avoid for me. Just seems, uh, you know, it was a one-week sample size. I think a lot of people weren't, couldn't even told you who Greg Dorch was before last week. Let's not get too carried away. We do have Zach Ertz completely good now, so really wouldn't be surprised if the overall majority of this passing game flows through Hollywood and Zach Ertz. This one sucks, man. Broncos wide receiver KJ Hamler, knee and hip. He's out. And Nathaniel Hackett said that he's kind of insisted that he didn't even suffer a setback, which is weird to me because Hamler – yeah, terrible dislocated hip, and he tore his ACL last year, but they already brought him back in the preseason. He played, you know, well ahead of Tyree Cleveland as the clear-cut number three wide receiver in week one. And just from watching, like, every route he's run, I thought he looked healthy enough, man. He almost made a sick catch out of bounds, but popped right back up, had a couple, was a couple better balls away from, you know, legit making some plays. So had Hamler as, like, my maybe late-week streamer to try to get ahead of because they're playing Houston. I could have seen, you know, Denver just hitting Hamler for a deep one, and now all of a sudden everyone 
everyone's going after. Russ is a clear-cut number three receiver. Clearly, this injury is a bigger deal uh, than I was thinking, though. So for now, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, and Albert O, man, just having all the things that start going his way right now, those are the top three. If you are worried about George Kittle, he is playing at 425, but it's pretty, I think, 405 uh, Eastern time. It's convenient, though, because Kittle plays at that time. So does Tyler Higby, and so does Albert O. So you have more than enough options to be able to replace Kittle, who is a game-time decision at this point. Dolphins wide receiver Cedric Wilson officially questionable with a toe injury. We don't really care. Passing game is going to go through Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Rams wide receiver Van Jefferson didn't practice all week. Once again, rolled out. Ben Scroerneck working well ahead of 2-2 Atwell as the number three. Should continue to flow through Cooper Cup. Maybe Allen Robinson a little more and Tyler Higby. Also got to look at Ravens wide receiver James Proch. Doubtful. Rashad Bateman and Devin Duvernay expecting to handle even larger workloads than normal. Bears wide receiver Belis Jones is officially doubtful. Darno Mooney and Equinemia same Brown still working as the two full-time receivers and Jets wide receiver Braxton Bale's heel is officially questionable. Now we're going to go ahead and go to our sleeper of the day brought to you by sleeper. Love you guys. Fantastic product out there. In my opinion, the best place to have your fantasy leagues, but Braxton Barrios officially questionable with the heel. Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, and three wide receiver sets now. Nick, they're facing a, a very good Browns defense. With that said, we saw Baker, Robbie Anderson, you know, get loose a little bit in the fourth quarter, and they were just so dominant against the run, man, that we're looking at this Jets offense just threw the ball 59 times last week. I understand that's not going to be an every week thing, but I'm not sure they could be able to run the ball here. The Browns literally gave up negative yards before uh, contact for carry <laughs> last week. Like it was embarrassing how little the Panthers could do. So maybe the, I mean, I know the Jets have a better line. Maybe they can overcome that a little bit, but we take Barrios out of it. And now all of a sudden we got these three featured receivers. I don't think Denzel Ward is going to shadow anyone. He's only shadowed Deontay Johnson and that's it under the entire time uh, with his current defensive coordinators. So Nick, my sleeper of the week is going to be Elijah Moore. He's plus 300 to score in any time touchdown in his three games with Joe Flacco, which is really it's two games and then like a, a last drive where he just caught two or three passes from Flacco and scored a touchdown. Just Elijah has really been showing, you know, the ability to go off. And I do think Flacco, as bad as he did look at times last week, uh, we have seen really over the years him be able to produce some of these big games. So thoughts on this uh, condensed potentially Jets wide receiver room. Yeah, uh, Barrios was the guy that was keeping Wilson off the field. So I, I mean, he he'll have more opportunities. I think it is a absolutely brutal matchup to try to get the job done here. But um, Barrios's presence or lack of presence is is perhaps a will have a larger impact than folks might expect. Real quick before we get to the tight ends, I want to give a shout out to our sponsors over at DraftKings. The NFL action is in full swing here at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings Step Up Same Game Parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100% with payouts bigger than ever. Why bet on football anywhere else? To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped up same game parlays once per game day all season long download DraftKings sportsbook app now and use promo code pff to get 200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a five dollar bet on any football game that's code pff only at DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nfl minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply see show notes for full details mentioned before george kittle 
Got back on the practice field on Friday, and now we got the lovely game time decision. Officially listed as questionable, and once again, they play at 4.05 p.m. Eastern. So if you have George Kittle on your squad, you need, you need, you need, you need to have a second option, but they're out there. Alberto playing at 4.25, Tyler Higby playing at 4.05. These get announced usually around halftime of the uh, kind of first slate of games, so about 2.30. I think it's 90 minutes before kickoff, so you'll know well in advance, but you need to be able to, again, have that guy out there just in case case between those two nick albert o and higby do you have a preference i almost lean albert o now with hamler out if that makes sense i mean his usage really was good last week one of only 10 tight ends to i believe run a route on at least 70 percent of their quarterbacks dropbacks and get targeted on at least 50 percent of those routes yeah uh same for me albert o i think he was out there did you say 76 percent i yeah yeah, he came close to the 80% threshold, uh, so I definitely like that. I think that Higby and the Rams could have a really tough time. The Falcons' front seven was blitzing at a very high rate last week, and they're playing without their starting center and with a, a knee-injured uh, left tackle. So I also think that's going to be brutal for Allen Robinson. So Alberto is the pick for me. I don't expect George Kittle to play. Uh, Adam Hutchison over at 4-for-4, uh, four four, he had mentioned that he, he surmised – Kittle might have suffered a grade two groin strain, which can take up to like five weeks to return from. Kittle does come back from injuries very quickly, uh, but I don't think that it's going to be a, you know, a one game absence for him. Why can't we have nice things, man? I just want to watch George Kittle yeah. be healthy for a full season and do George Kittle things all over the place. But yeah, uh, Correct. Didn't quite hit the 80% threshold. Typically, you know, the most elite tight ends in the world are going to have 80% uh, route rate and then get targeted on at least 20% of their routes. But I bumped those down just a bit, 70 and 15%. Eight usual suspects, Kelsey, Schultz, Higby, Hawkinson, Fryermuth, Andrews, Pitts, and Waller. But Albert O and Jawan Johnson, the two guys that surprisingly are getting in there. That's why, you know, all of us fantasy analysts have been barking about them all season long. All right, Cardinals tight end Zach Ertz elevated to a full practice on Thursday, not listed on the final injury report. He even came out and said he thinks the calf issue is behind him. So to me, top eight option at the position after he got the full practice. You know, I did tell people to play him ahead of Gerald Everett, which I don't regret. Let's see let's see what Zach Ertz uh, does out here on Sunday. Credit to Everett, you know, for putting in a good performance himself. I'm not going to blame him for the pick six when he was actively asking to get called out of the game. Just, you know, I... Tempo is pretty cool, but maybe not in that exact situation. I have Zach Ertz as my tight end seven. The only guys that start ahead of him, Kelsey, Andrews, Pitts, Waller, Goddard, and Hawkinson. I think Ertz, Knox, Schultz, if you want to bark about, you know, who should be in that tier. Okay, I do prefer Ertz, though. Healthy Ertz, you know, in an offense without DeAndre Hopkins, I think we could be talking about a legit, you know, double-digit target total, not even thinking twice. Jets tight end CJ Uzoma, doubtful with the hamstring injury. Should see Tyler Conklin in a near every down role, but he also kind of had that last week. I think this offense just, and they even said it before the season started, like they're going to flow the passing game through the wide receivers, through the running backs. Tyler Conklin, okay, low price DFS start. That's fine. There are better guys out there on the waiver wire for you to start, though. And finally, Texas tight end Brevin Jordan downgraded to a DMP on Thursday, officially questionable after being limited on Friday. Texans are going to keep doing Texans things, rotating three, four tight ends. Shout out OJ Howard with the two touchdowns in week one. We are not going back to any of that. So that's the tight end talk. Nick, a couple more things, though, that we just have, you know, kind of wide league wide on defense and offense and things like that. You mentioned the uh, Ravens kind of cornerback room, Marcus Peters with the knee, Marlon Humphrey with the groin, and even Brandon Stevens with the quad. 
Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, man. Like, this is, I think, a good example of kind of taking that matchup uh, advantage. And no, like, I'm not moving Jalen Waddle up to like wide receiver six overall or anything like that. But close start, sick questions. Now is when we get behind the Miami guys and even Chase Edmonds, too, man, who's going to be a big part in that passing game. Yep, totally agree. Tyreek Hill is my actual wide receiver six. How ironic, right behind Devontae Adams and Stefan Diggs. So Jalen Waddle, someone that I cooled on just a little bit throughout the offseason, more so reflection on what I think Tua was going to be than Waddle, but this is the week to be behind that. Lions interior offensive line, all sorts of banged up. Center, right guard, left guard, you know, just not looking good at this point. So luckily DeAndre Swift gets so much of his value, you know, just as a receiver that I don't think it's really going to matter. Jamal Williams, though, maybe a week where we're not expecting him to be at his most efficient self. Always start Amon Ross St. Brown, even if there's a fire. Would note that Jamal Adams is out for the season with that knee injury. I know, I know. Jamal Adams always gets mean and people hate on him and stuff, but he's legit great against the run. You can talk about him in coverage all day. That's fine, but great against the run. This is the Seahawks defense that obviously doesn't have Bobby Wagner playing this year as well. Spirited effort in week one, you know, shout out to them getting that win over Russ and everything. But even if it is going to be raining, Nick, I think the San Francisco run game could really have their way with Seattle. Where did you kind of fall with Jeff Wilson? I have him as my RB 26, you know, ahead of the Patriots running backs, ahead of the Jaguars running backs, uh, even ahead of the Jets running backs. When it comes to Jeff Wilson versus guys like Kareem Hunt, you know, Zeke, Jacobs, and Dylan, though, I still give them the small edge. Yeah. So I just had a conversation with Matt Waldman. And so I feel like I'm, he, he has me feeling like I'm a little bit low on Wilson. I've got Wilson as a high end running back three. Uh, I, I've also just been trying to monitor the news to figure out which one of Tyrion Davis Price and Jordan Mason might get on the field, but it, it could be neither. I mean, Kyle Shanahan plays favorites like nobody's business. So I, I would feel comfortable just starting Jeff Wilson as a running back too. Um, but you know, it might just be 50 yards and a touchdown on, he's not that efficient of a rusher. So uh, I think he can get there, but it might just be really ugly. Volume, baby. That's all we're looking for nowadays. You know, it's not March anymore. We're not talking about vision and all that stuff. Giants cornerback room, death being tested. Jason Pinnock, Nick McLeod, and Aaron Robinson all ruled out. I do wonder with Robbie Anderson, man, I remember in um, 20... Hey, 2017, 2018, it was when Fitzpatrick was going nuts on Tampa to start the season off. And DJX went crazy in week one. We were like, okay. And then first play of week two, he catches like an 80-yard touchdown against the Eagles. Maybe the Robbie, you know, it's not illegal for Robbie Anderson to have back-to-back boom weeks here. So I do wonder against this banged-up Giants room, I think they could have a Dory Jackson shadowing DJ Moore out there. You know, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, there's some good receivers, you know, don't just because uh, just because they had a good week last week doesn't mean they can't do that again. And finally, keep an eye on those Green Bay tackles, David Bakhtiari and Elkton Jenkins, still questionable. Earlier in the week, the report was that Bakhtiari still might be a week away. Jenkins seems to have a better shot of playing. Hopefully Lazard can get out there. And that was why it was tough to, you know, put too much stock in to the Aaron Rodgers performance. I have a Wisconsin radio call all week and they were just ready to trash him. And I'm like, well, you know, how many quarterbacks would still look good if you take away both their starting tackles and their wide receiver one? So I know Rodgers is one of those guys where lately the cool thing is just to shit on, you know, everything he does. And if you want to do that, go ahead. But in terms of his on-field ability, Nick, I still think that he'll see uh, better days along the road. So anything, Nick, that you think we missed out there? And uh, you folks listening on YouTube, if you have any questions, uh, now is the time to send them because we're about wrapped up. Uh, I just wanted to highlight DJ Moore. I, I do think that he can kind of smash here, even if he I, I don't think he's going to get shadowed and and I or at least 
he will get a few snaps off because of what Robbie Anderson did. Uh, the rest of the Giants secondary is is very, very bad. Like Darnay Holmes is a, it's kind of shocking that he's still a starter in the NFL. Um, so I, I do think that this is a secondary to continue kind of targeting as as we move forward. Yeah, and just to be clear, on the, um, when I say someone's being shattered, I'm not saying like that's necessarily a bad matchup for him. But Adoree Jackson is the Giants' best cornerback, so if you put him on He's DJ good. Moore, just by default now, that's helping out Robbie Anderson a little bit. As I'm looking through my lovely timeline, I can't say enough good things about uh, Underdog NFL. I know we've done a lot of great work with Underdog throughout the offseason and best ball and everything, but just love that Twitter account, in my opinion, the best news source you can get out there just for quick notifications, and they always keep me up to date, so I'd advise you guys to check that out as well. But J.J. Watt, questionable for week two as well with this calf injury. I mean, we we saw the Cardinals not even come close to stopping the Chiefs in week one, not having Chandler Jones there anymore. I do wonder, man, if we could just see this Raiders offense go the hell off this week. I know it's like, okay, is Devontae Adams going to be sharing any sort of targets from anyone else? But, Nick, this does seem like the spot where guys like Josh Jacobs, maybe your boy Darren Waller, even a Hunter Renfro, like, come on, this Cardinals game, we got the high game total. We got a weak defense. This should be the week for Derek Carr and company to go bit nuts. I think that they can have a very fine day. They, as I recall, I think that they got after the, the, the quarterback fairly well. I think that their pressure rate was decent last week. And I do expect Watt to play as he registered a limited participation Friday. Um, so my thought with that is that Hunter Renfro can operate as a high volume kind of outlet pass there. Um, yeah, and I, I do think I think JJ Watt he might have also had COVID like two weeks ago, so he he may be a little bit slow come coming back. Um, yeah. we'll, we'll find out. Get better, JJ. Zeke or Michael Carter in full PPR. I'm still going with Zeke there. I saw all the receptions yeah. from Michael Carter last week, but still is a bit of a tear drop off. Russell Wilson versus Derek Carr. I am going with Russ. You agree, Nick? Yep. Yep, Russ. I mean, I know it wasn't the picture perfect uh, game there but you saw him start to get more comfortable as that went on and i think he finished with like 330 passing yards or something i think mm -hmm. we're going to see much bigger days rank the <laughs> washington wide receivers the rest of the season i see what you did there mojo still to me it's mclaurin that's inverse curtis is the discussion definitely terry number one i mean they have what 60 or 70 million reasons why they should continue to feature terry and i think you know he'll have bigger things ahead where would you rank curtis versus dotson moving forward nick i almost want to give the slight edge to curtis rest of season for me dotson in the short term samuel i i just have difficulty trusting samuel but yeah. his like if he's active then we just saw how they're going to use him and that's really exciting when you look back at, you know, Curtis's best year in 2020 and then 2019, just getting all sorts of opportunities, being still with Scott Turner and, you know, basically Carolina, D.C. that they have going on in Washington right now. I mean, that is the O.C. that really has gotten the most out of Curtis Samuel, using him as a receiver and even using him as a running back. So a lot of weapons over there in Washington. It was good to see at least for a week Carson Wentz, you know, make the most out of that after I spent all offseason barking about him being an 18th round best ball pick. But I know it's the Carson Wentz experience. I'm sure that we're going to see a low light before too long from Luke. Would you trade ETN for Waddle or scary Terry and half PPR? I, I think I'd be down with either of those, Nick. Uh, what about you? I mean, ETN certainly not someone to give away, but we're getting an upside wide receiver two for him. I think that's pretty fair value for a guy that look, I'm not giving up on ETN, but let's face it. Like Robinson coming back and being this ready from week one, pretty close to worst case scenario for ETN's, you know, overall fantasy value. Yeah, I think that for Waddle, it's a fair trade. I also don't think this question would is is being asked if 
if ETN connects on the two touchdowns that he should have had last last week. So I, I would ETN would be a hold for me. Yeah, that's it's it's a good trade. It's one of those where I don't think you're gonna be mocked on Twitter for it one way or another. Always always feel bad when people are throwing those in the mention and just start getting piled up on. But no, I think that's a it's a fair trade either way. If you want to hold on to ETN, that's fine too. Because the good thing in Jacksonville, like a lot of these backfields, it is just two running backs. So God forbid something happens to Robinson or ETN, other guy is gonna be looking awfully great. All right, everyone, that is going to wrap up another edition of the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. Appreciate you guys tuning in throughout the week. Going to be mixing things up just a little bit next week. My guy, Kevin Cole, he's, you know, I think crushing on the Thursday pod. We're going to be do, we're going to be actually going through team by team now, doing some AFC, NFC pods instead. I'm not going to be doing really the positional solo pod previews. It's tough to do solo. Have had to, you know, kind of uh, re-rack this fantasy football podcast to schedule on the fly. Uh, you know, obviously, Dwayne doing bigger and better things, but, you know, you find out in the middle of week one a little bit tough to do that but really excited with kevin to be able to be previewing these teams i think there'll be you know fantastic preview episodes for all you guys and kevin and i'll be able to bounce ranks off each other get a little bit better back and forth there nick's still here on friday nathan yankee on tuesday and of course Dwayne the rock mcfarland coming back on sunday so still gonna be trying to do some short form stuff i want to go look at some shadow matchups a little closer you know key rb changes maybe get us back into you know a 10 minute dfs preview of the week so Still have plenty of exciting content ahead on the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. And Nick, you brought up, you know, some of the good work you've been doing on PFF.com. Let the folks know what you got up there. Yeah, so every week I'm doing uh, top five wide, or wide receiver cornerback matchups to target and avoid. And then I have the uh, five-player DFS cheat sheet. Both of those go live on Friday mornings. Great day to be great. As always, check those out and have a hell of a week too, everyone. Weekend's here. I love it. For Nick, I'm Ian. Thanks so much for tuning in to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. Until next time, take care, everybody.